And Courtney. And welcome back to Kinda Sorta Cinephiles. A podcast dedicated to giving a real and honest review on the classics, cult, hood, pop culture, and everything in between. Period. Like the city girls. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get in today's episode. How have you been, girl? Mm. It's been, we took that break. Whew, we did take a break, a much needed break. It's been a lot. Mm. As you know, um, my voice is a little raspy. Yeah. <clears throat> I've gotten back from out of town. I went to Houston. Um, yelling for the white time. man, y'all. Mm. I was not. I was not yelling mm. for the white mm. man. That mm. is simply a lie. I went to go see my grandmother, and I also saw the City Girls. Mm. And then, lastly, the last mm. person was Jack Harlow. But you know, shout out to Jack, just in case he listen ever come across my podcast. It was no shade to you, Jack. It's no shade. But you just know, I was not yelling for the white man. I don't tap dance with. Him. But I lost my little voice. How you been? I've been good. You know, working, living. Throwing ass. Doing what you do best. <laughs> Working, living, throwing ass. They know what's up, unfortunately, for them. Um, they do. No, I don't really do that a lot. Anywho, we watched, <laughs> speaking of, this week we watched Dolomite with a special guest. <laughs> Insert drum rolls. Oh. Or applauses. I don't know. I feel like applause because, you know, guest. Okay. Insert applause. that here. Jahan Patterson. Ooh. Hi, everybody. Uh, how you doing? Wow. Thank you for having the show. I'm glad to be here. You're welcome. In the presence of royalty. Uh, we appreciate that, you know. I appreciate you for saying that because it, it sets the tone. Yes. Even though we did also have another amazing guest we before did. you, but it also sets the tone for the other people to come on to so they can know who they messing with, who they're in the presence of. Best. Period. Yeah. Like the city girls be saying. Can I curse on <laughs> Yes, you can curse on here. This is oh, a this is an explicit um, pod. E, it's explicit, so we curse. You know, not too much though. No, I'm just kidding. Not too many. Do your be thing. easy on them B words. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding yeah tell us about yourself introduce yourself to our people plug anything you want to plug mm -hmm. shout yourself out yeah for sure for sure so uh Jahan patterson uh i'm currently uh, in film school getting my master's of fine arts at uh, university of southern california i graduated undergrad this may damn yeah it's almost you're old. Uh, You're from old. <laughs> Clark yeah, Atlanta yeah. University in Atlanta, Georgia. You know, I always got to add that suffix in because of people forget. old people ask, where is Clark Atlanta? <laughs> it's simply in Atlanta. And I don't, well, I, I'm pretty sure I'll have a lot to plug Columbia coming up mm. because these short films and this, the uh, speed in which they've given us these assignments in a film school, I have plenty of short films and stuff to plug. But uh, I did a PSA for um, a not, not for profit name called Worth, Worth Rising mm -hmm. <laughs> about the uh, predatory, um, the predatory rates on prison calls. So and it's a short on, bit, uh, on prison calls. What does that mean? Prison calls. Yes. Yeah, so when somebody's incarcerated, it's just a little, just a little backstory. Well, Dolomite <laughs> was incarcerated, so this is actually good, good for us to know. Yes, Dolomite was incarcerated. Mm. Yeah, when people are incarcerated, what the prison owners and the government conspire to do is they charge people, they charge the family, and they charge people on the outside who want to talk over the phone. 
Um, and that's problematic because a lot of times, especially if it's a principal breadwinner of the household who is removed, the family doesn't have enough enough money to get in contact with their loved ones and stuff like that. So we said mm-hmm. to hell with that. And we made this PSA and we're threat the the if you have time, look at the worth rises, look at their work in general is super dope. They're all about ending mass incarceration, uh juxtaposing mass incarceration as for what it is, slavery. Um so yeah, it was a experience. It's my introduction to LA too. That's actually really cool. That's really dope. Yeah, you have to let us I, know when that, that comes yeah. out and we'll post it on the page and tag you. Yeah, oh, we'll plug that. That's actually really cool. It's out, it's out. Oh. <laughs> okay, well send it yes, to us. Send it. We'll and put we'll it up share on the page we'll in addition it. to your your guest posts. That's important. And one thing about us, you know, we are into the grassroots helping every helping and the blacks, because that's who be in jail. Speaking out on issues. That's important to us. Thank you for that. About me. Yes, but thank you for that. Thanks for introducing yourself. It was so dope for you to tell us about that. But we're going to get into the fun stuff now, the more fun stuff. It was fun to get to know you too, yes. but you know, the juicy stuff. The juicy. The juicy. Stuff. <laughs> um, let's talk about the movie we did. So this time we all watched mm, 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 Dolomite. Uh, and let's all talk about the trailer. Um, what I'll let you know first, Jahan, since you're the guest, what did you think about the trailer? And, you know, what did you expect it to be like the movie or like what was the vibes you got from that? Oh, that trailer was a trailer, boy. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I actually I did expect it to be like the movie and it didn't disappoint in showing me what the movie was. You know, uh, a mm-hmm. lot of guns, a lot of shooting, a lot of women, a lot of <laughs> You know, just a, a black exploitation, black superhero. And what struck me originally is because I, of course, didn't grow up in the black exploitation era. Um, yep. Not too, too familiar with too many of their films. A lot of their films have been lost to history. Uh, but I was growing up a fan of Black Dynamite. It was a TV, it was a cartoon on mm-hmm. Adult Swim that was all about black exploitation era in the 70s and stuff like that. And I was like, man. <laughs> This is a character out of Black Dynamite, down to how Black Dynamite looked. He looked just like him. I was like, wow, okay, okay. Because Dynamite um, was a pimp. Dynamite was listen. And then there was no music, too. I thought that was a bit uh, oh, yeah. That is true. That's true. I ju- that's a good point. It was just talking. Um, they were. It was just all cut together really quickly. My question is, though, in the 70s, and I don't want to offend anybody who was born in the 70s, like, cause you know, now we see trailers all the time for like movies, TV shows, mm-hmm. whatever. Were trailers really popping for real? Like, who was really even watching the trailers? That's true. Like, cause going to the movies was like kind of an expensive thing to do. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, from what I can, I think it was. I feel like it was a like kind of an expensive, like a splurge to do. Mm-hmm. It's expensive now to go to the movie, so I can imagine it's probably expensive then too. So, like, who was really watching the trailers? They probably didn't put as much effort it's into the trailer. Not back in the day, no. You know, like they do now. Like today, it's like that's. You watch trailer on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, everywhere. And then keep you keep in mind at this point, television was only like twenty years old. They weren't broadcasting, advertising their films on mass on television and stuff like that. Like exactly. the, you watch the trailer for The Godfather, it, it's the same thing. It's not popping the same. You're like, this one of the greatest films. They just didn't. It just cut some stuff together and mash it <laughs> up in there. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. But kind of like even so he, with the um, 
the new aerial trailer and stuff like which beautiful but yes they made the trailer but that doesn't mean that every single part of that trailer is going to be in the movie i think a lot of the trailers now they make content specifically for the like the teaser or the trailer or like the 30 second Mm -hmm. spot so some of that stuff isn't even in the movie but these everything that you saw you were going to see again which i thought was exactly i feel like it defeats the point it kind of gave the movie away for sure Mm -hmm. I want to emphasize it too, like, because this is, you know, a world before Marvel films. <laughs> the, 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 distant, Pre- the distant world before Marvel films. Because I think Marvel really revolutionized what you're talking about is um, just shooting stuff just for the track. Because even before the MCU, you got X-Men, you've got spider-man stuff yeah. was not just for the trailer that's true i mean i i will i you know i'm mcu girl so i will give mcu their credit i don't know if mcu was like the turning point for all trailer i do think that what they did do is like make you excited for like those little clips that they give like the teaser they did make you a little bit more excited about it than we usually have been but like i just know when i guess the mcu had been out but like i when I was younger, I used to like get on YouTube and watch movie trailers mm-hmm. for fun because I was like, I want to see what's coming out. Like I was subscribed to like Fandango and stuff, mm-hmm. not trying to plug Fandango, but I was because I used to want to watch the movie trailers. What's wrong with Fandango? It's nothing, but you know, we, can't, we don't plug if we're not getting paid. Right, we're not getting so, paid. Every, every time I say their name, bleed, right? Because if we don't get paid, we're not plugging it <laughs> at all. But I used to get on there and I used to watch the trailers because I was just like, this is dope. And I think that MCU probably made me more excited to see their movies, but also they just created such a universe. It was like, they could have released a 15 second trailer of Thor singing anything. And we'd be like, oh, this, is gonna, this next one is going to be dope. So it's going to oh, be yeah. fire. So I feel like it's just one of the things like they had the fan base to do it. They know it now more than ever. Than before. But like, what is everybody's like first thoughts? Like when they went into the movie, I'd never seen Dolomite before, but I had seen the Eddie Murphy's, you know. Yeah, Dolomite is my uh, name. I've seen that too. Yeah, the movie that he did about Dolomite and like the creation and everybody who did. So I was like, that was pretty cool. But I had never actually seen the movie before. And I think the only reason I, I even thought to watch it was because of Eddie Murphy, which makes me a little sad. Because, you know, Mr. Um, Rudy put his foot in Dolomite. So I feel kind of sad that I didn't know until Eddie had came along. And he is the the king of, like, well, one of the kings of, like, the black exploitation era, not the king. One of them. And I had never even seen the movie before. I was like, shit, like, I'm kind of fucked up on that one. Shout out to Eddie, though. <laughs> Shout out to you again. <laughs> Shout out to that man. Um, so I never, I actually didn't see Dolomite is my name. Mm-hmm. I never watched that. Uh, it's been on my list, but... Listen, it's good. So I went in a little blind. Uh, Initial thoughts. So what were my thoughts going into the film? I saw the the critic scores, but then I was like, "Eh, critics don't know. (laughs) Critics give, you know. uh, They give what they can. And they're white. Yeah. And I I think just understanding the background of what the black exploitation era was. Mm I was actually pretty excited because I, outside of Shaft and Shaft, <laughs> outside of Shaft, I don't think I've really had a chance to explore the black exploitation era. You know, they're not teaching that at film school. So, they're not. Yeah, they no. should be. I did a paper on the black exploitation era. So, well, you know what's crazy is they have black exploitation posters because uh, USC has. But they don't teach it. What is that? They don't teach it. But they got the posters. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> they okay. got like shaft posters. They got um, uh, what's what coffee coffee posters. 
all up in the building. They don't teach it. They also have Gone with the Wind posters. Ooh. So mm. <laughs> Gone with the Wind is racist as fuck. Yeah. So you know how that is. Listen. <laughs> so they have to choose eventually. But I guess yeah, so. so. Interesting. That's how, they, that's how they get though. Anywho, this is not that podcast to bash them. <laughs> This is not the USC Bash podcast. This is the kind of sort yes. of cinephiles podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, you know, shout out, you know, I ain't going to shout them out once again. We ain't getting paid. But, you know, congratulations. Yeah, shout out, too. I'll shout them out. <laughs> yeah. I'll shout them out. Yeah. My uncle went there, so shout out to we you. We ain't getting Jonathan. paid for that. You can shout out Uncle Jonathan. That's different. We ain't shout out the school. The school that uh, will not be named like Voldemort. Please. Yes. Well, now you already done messed exactly. up because he said his name. Mm. Damn. <laughs> He is fucking up. But no, I think uh, I was excited to see what the black exploitation era was talking about. Um, so yeah. Oh, you really downtown? Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sorry about that. Let me repeat that for the edit. <laughs> I was excited to. <laughs> now we gotta leave it in. Now we gotta leave it. In. <laughs> Look, I was excited. Like I said. <laughs> To see what the black exploitation era was talking about. Yeah, I too had only seen Dolomite's My Name, like Courtney. Mm-hmm. I um, I'm really not a fan of like black indies. Ooh, I said it. I said it. There she only goes. because y'all heard it here first. Nigatry here. Yes. Nigatry is here. Y'all heard it here first. Only because I feel like. The newer ones don't really have the same passion and drive for the art that the older ones do. So that's why I was excited as well to see like a real, this is like the true black indie because these people literally had nothing, but y'all got cannons and y'all producing garbage. I'm sorry. Okay. You already know how I feel about but that. But it's true. And not, it's true. But you already know how I feel about that. I am a supporter. I support of them, black but I just feel like films because one thing about it, them white independent films be awful AF. They oh, be yes, the, they do. the worst, the absolute worst. Some of the worst shit I have ever watched in my life. And they be the ones to go on to the damn Venice Film Festival. So you know, fuck that. One thing about See? it, I'm going to be, I'm gonna watch independent films and I'm gonna keep pushing because they deserve it. I think, I think what you're Amazon. doing here. Is you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're bad. I'm saying yeah. that this, this literally came up because I went to the Academy Museum downtown or whatever. Yeah, that's need to go there. It was amazing. The like regeneration exhibit. It was nice, but it was just mm-hmm. like, it kind of just made me feel weird about like what people are putting out now because I'm like mm-hmm. we have literally had to fight for our art to be seen and it and we are like such a creative and passionate people. But we don't put out stuff that represents that. I don't care what the white people putting out because they're white. Sorry. Like you, you're allowed to be shitty and people clap for you. But I feel like maybe I'm putting too much pressure on black artists or black creatives, but I just feel I like think we so. are I so think that- much more than what than some of the stuff that is put out. Just because I, I just think that the, the reason that I give a lot of black independent films so much grace is because I know that for a lot of times, a lot of people don't have aren't able to get into the rooms to get the proper training to write a script, to learn how to get those proper shots. And the only way you can get better at it and learn is if you do it, you do it once, you do it twice, you do you it three do times. It, but and then, then there's, it gets also, there's also classes and there's stuff that's available to you online for free now that the people in the 70s didn't have and they're still putting out better stuff. I definitely would never say better. I would. I feel like because you can tell the drive that they had but to also, make the stuff that they made. 
I will say this. Dolomite had a budget of a hundred thousand dollars in nineteen seventy. Yeah, but he got that he got that right. money given to him. Didn't he? He was saying that's a lot of money. A lot of these independent films, a lot of the ones you see on Tubi, probably had a budget at tops, at at most of like twenty five K. I'm not even talking Maybe about that. like the crew or how it looks. I'm talking about the subject matter. It isn't good. Like y'all are not putting anything positive. I'm not not everything has to be positive, but it's just like it's not good. Like the stuff isn't good. I saw I throw my hat into the ring about the budget, uh, because it's a hundred thousand dollars, which again is nothing. And also remember it's shot in seventy five. So now it's like a digital film. It, it it's honestly like a digital film that was probably made for uh, like $5,000 because you guys I think most of that money is used for, well, most of the money in a film production is used for uh, marketing anyway. Uh, but then there's also film. Shooting on film is so expensive. Listen, yes. I had a friend hit me up the other day. She was like, because um, we did a film together. She was like, was that on 35 millimeter film? I said, <laughs> excuse, I wish we could shoot on 35 millimeter. Not it's euphoria. So Color film. She said, it not is. euphoria. Especially since this film is in color too, because um, black and white—that's why she's got to have it was shot in black and white. It's because black and white is cheaper, way cheaper. It's like a fourth of the cost. But color film was oof. Right. So the fact that he even got this done—applause to that man because that's a lot. It was a lot. I don't know. I just feel like I, I get the theory of like you know, they walk so that we could run, and they ain't, and we ain't running. I get what you're trying to say, but we, what I'm we, saying we is, is we is power walking at best. I just feel like it'd be different. And I would probably feel a little bit different or give them a little bit less grace if it was just like, it was easier for us to get like access in some of these rooms to say, hey, maybe let's not write about this. Or like, maybe let's let's pivot to do this. And we just don't get the opportunities enough. And that's why I rarely give white indie films that grace because they do. They have hella people all the time. And like, let, we have these programs for you. Whereas we don't. So it's like, if you putting out trash, come on now. And I don't think that our stuff is necessarily trash. It's just, it's- But a, I feel it's, like it's there are a lot of programs a out there now. Off. But it's not something that like we know about it because it's like we went to school for it. Like, we've grown up watching this stuff, like watching films. I was in an ABTF class in high school. Like these things that I actively researched and did because I knew when I was 14, I used to want to do entertainment and film. But I feel like if I'm a 32 year old and I'm like, I have a passion. I always have loved movies. I don't know where to start, but I want to write a script. I want to put a project out. I'm going to do that. I'm going to put my, my my best foot forward and do that. They might not know there's a, a free program to go to because like it's just some people don't have one at the time to maybe do that research and do that those stuff. And then sometimes also they're kind of just like, I just want to get this done. It's been a passion of mine since I was a child. I haven't had the time to like do it. Now I do. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I'm like, I, I, I'm never going to be like, that was shit. And you should like think twice. I need some references to indie fans. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I've seen good ones and I've seen bad ones and I just feel like the bad ones are just really bad. Well, it is now our favorite time of the show. Our letters from Letterboxd. Presented to you by Letterboxd. The app that doesn't pay us but we love to use. Shout out to Letterboxd. We do love Letterboxd, don't we? Mm-mm-mm. Okay, I will start with my review. <clears throat> Here we go. I wish Dolomite could have given my college commencement speech. Mm. 
And I agree because one thing about him, he was motivational. He was a star, a gay star power. He made me want to go out there and cut a motherfucking ghost. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. I'm not scared of shit if Dolomite is around. And that's why I chose that review. It probably went a little something like this. <clears throat> Congratulations to the class of 2023. Dolomite is my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Congratulations on graduating from college. <laughs> Yo, grandma sitting in the audience like, <gasps> oh, I feel like if anything my grandma would probably start to cackle because I know I would be in the audience cackling. I know that's right because fucking that motherfucker is, is, is my game. Period. Okay. Well, mm. Jahan, do you, would you like to share Sorry. your review? Yes. If you would like, do it in our accent because we all You don't have to do it in the accent. accent. You do not have to do it in the if, accent. If, if you would like, it oh, does God. go with the music, however. Well, listen, I can't do accents. I direct the actors. I'm not one of them. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna just so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the best I can. Where I just preface what I got. is going out to, to to the world. Don't embarrass yourself because I'm not editing it out. I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna use screenwriting language and say parentheses in British accent. Perfect. <laughs> so, there you go. Don't lose the pressure. Uh, my quote is. Its cultural importance can't and shouldn't be denied. But man, I've forgotten how laughably inept the filmmaking is. Yes. Yeah. That's probably the perfect <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Because it was very important, but oh my God. <laughs> I like that one. Shout out to that I person. do. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, thank you, God. Big we felt it. Well, my review is from Silent J. So thank you to Silent J. Nothing says happy MLK Day like watching Dolomite make a white man dance while shooting at him. We made it, Dr. King. We made it. We made it. <laughs> while I was watching that scene, I could just imagine Dr. King. You you know the memes where there'd be uh oh gosh. Dr. King and Malcolm X in the sky. He's smiling down. Y'all are awful people. No, I literally busted out laughing when I saw that part. I was like, hello, Because it was probably one of the... What did he say? He got rhythm. He said, dance, 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 dance. That segues right into the cultural importance. Yes. Not just Dolomite, but a lot of black exploitation films. It's because like the man was getting us down. And so to see this man and he stomping out white folks, shooting at white folks. And whooping at even in a limo from a white girl. I said, oh, oh I am impressed. And you didn't get shot up for that? Wow. What? In the 70s? Straight yeah. out of jail. In the Straight 70s. out the oh, okay. Okay. And I and <laughs> in the seventies is important too because I, I actually had to explain this to somebody. Um, because there seems to be this perception that after civil rights or after, after the civil rights movement, I should say, there was just a switch flipped and we was all kumbaya and then it never had came. Who thought that? Who thought that? <laughs> yes. Name them. Yeah. Say their name. Who who thought that? Who said it? Just don't don't hear these people out. Don't hear these people out. We all know how America education getting now. <laughs> <laughs> we we know that American education got us thinking that we it was are from uh, very interesting educational backgrounds because we got Texas, Georgia, and Chicago. I don't know. They wasn't Chicago. teaching us the I don't know why they call it Chicago. They should call it Chicago. I think about every time somebody say Chicago. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think um, it's very important because we are taught 
basically that uh, white people were just slightly mean to black people for mm-hmm. 100 years after they got free from slavery. They was kind of mean. They called them mean names. And then Martin Luther King marched to Washington, D.C. And then we was just all holding hands and dancing. <laughs> That's the version of history we're often taught. But like the 70s very much was still segregation mm-hmm. era. So oh, for, for sure. a film like this to come out, and it's so audacious. Yes. Audacious is the word. Yes. What a word to use. Yeah. It was just like, I will say, I didn't really know what was happening until I went back afterwards and read the like blurb. So I'm going to read that for our listeners. Here we go. Dolomite, 1975. After he is released from jail, a pimp takes on the criminals and corrupt police officers who framed him in the first place. Now, who knew that was what was going on? I did. I, I did because when he <laughs> yeah. was like, no, no, I figured out because I was okay. He in jail. My homegirl, Queen B, came out to, you know, was like, you know, I'm helping you out. We're going to let you out. Guard was telling the backstory. The people had can't. We'll get into that in the meat of potatoes. I'm telling you how to say Is this the time I, we're going to get into it? We, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like, I had peeped that. I had peeped that. I had peeped that. I did not know what... I knew the beginning. I knew the... Uh, I'm gonna use my film. I'm gonna be using my film terms throughout. Like this is just how I talk now. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but fine. I knew the inciting incident. I knew the quest that was sort of laid down in front of Dolomite. And then after that, it just got so muddled. It did. Sort of meandering. Around that 40-minute like, mark, huh? Around, around earlier. Damn. <laughs> around earlier. I was, like, is he, I was like, is he still trying to get the folks that killed his nephew? You know? Right. But like, again, we'll get into that. I don't know. Yeah, this- we'll get into all that because that was Ooh. something. So basically, we have this movie, Rudy Ray Moore. He was a comedian, musician, who was actually like, I found out he was like the MC at this place called Dolphins. It was a Hollywood record store. And that's where he kind of got most of his little like rhyming and stuff in when he was doing his MC work. So he wrote Mm -hmm. this movie and he also starred in this movie. And he made this character of Dolomite. To be this all whatever, larger than life pimp. Do you see a lot of pimp movies? Not really. Would that be something that you're like, I would love to play a pimp personally? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I would love to play a pimp. I'm a pimp for real. Okay. So to play a pimp, I would eat that role the fuck up. Pimping is my game. I would just say that the silence is very loud right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was it was it was the pause. Everybody was just like (laughs) the silence. Yes. I am a P-I-M-P. I would definitely pay a pimp in a movie. Hell yes. And just like my girl Kiki did. Pimp. (laughs) I love Kiki. Oh, she sure did play a pimp up on. She did play a pimp. (laughs) She was a pimp. She was a pimp. I can just imagine the elegant people sitting in the front row. That was actually a pretty good movie. Yeah, that's crazy. Pimping all over the world. Word of the Chris. Look, period. Who? We also have the director, Duraville. Is that how you say his name? D. Is it Duraville or is it D. Duraville Martin? Yeah, and I thought it was funny because he was like, I'm a direct and I'm at. Because he was, he starred in the movie. Yeah, he also was in, like, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. He had, like, acting chops. Was he now? Was he now? Yeah. But Guess Who's Coming to Dinner is like a movie that I I absolutely 
Eight. Really? I haven't watched it. I haven't watched the old one. Do not watch I, it. I oh, well now I'm gonna like watch it. it. Yeah, watch first of all, it's but we're not here to talk I'm about it. I'm a for punishment at this then. point. Listen, you can off, watch it, girl. Watch it. Off the air. I watched, yeah. Yeah, I watched it like I'll watch it offline. That was that's one of those movies also that it's like this the um remake is better than the original. Mm. Anywho, the only other main character <laughs> no, we have, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have Lady Reed who played Queen B and then Jerry Jones who played Blakely. All the other people yeah. were just like the Dolomite girls. Dolomite girl Learning karate. Which I thought was hilarious. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I guess we can start getting into the meat and potatoes. Start off where it started off. In jail. In jail. Which I, I think it was very hilarious that this movie starts off with him being like, get your ass up. What the fuck you want, motherfucker? Like, okay, Dolomite. We starting off spicy. Yeah. Fuck. And, but also I want to know. That looked like a real jail. They probably did go to a real one. How did they get the real jail? That was, that was I good. I feel like most people, when you say, hey, I'm shooting a movie, they'll be like, oh, yes, come in. But like in a jail? Maybe had an empty holy cell. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, that's how I put him in the jail. So getting. Yeah, he, he got out of jail. <laughs> he, he leaves the jail and is stripping his clothes and telling that white woman, what is this cotton draw? You know I don't wear this. Yes, because what? he, <laughs> mind you, he's in jail for, like we said, a crime that he did not commit. Yeah. Because a stolen dirty white cop and cocaine in his cocaine. But I'm just like, damn, that was a lot of fucking coke. Like, like, it was a lot of fur. So, it was more fur it than was it was fur. That yeah. was the beginning for me because I was like, why would the main villain want to do that? And so I thought yeah. the, the thread would be, re, would, they would come back to the thread. No. They didn't. No, they never did. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> Just stay out think- there. In the, I guess in the Eddie Murphy version, I feel like they ran out of money. So they just kind of ended it where they ended it. That yeah. could be wrong. I just think that he was just so excited to show off his karate skills mm-hmm. and his ass whooping skills. And, you know, he was just, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm going to put this out and look, the hoes going to love, love this. this. <laughs> That's what Dolomai had said. And he wasn't wrong. The hoes did love it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of just began. Mm-hmm. Like it began. It, it began as if we had already known who this person was. What was going on? Yeah. It started as if it was like an hour in, and you're kind of like, oh, okay. But I just think that's kind of funny because he was just like, they gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Like they will be dense if they didn't get. They gonna understand. But a lot of the movie, and, you know, I'm not mad at him for that. A lot of the movie really was yeah. flashbacks, low key, until yeah. like maybe the middle. That was probably the last time we like from the beginning to like maybe that 40 minute mark is when there was a whole bunch of flashbacks, and it was kind of confusing, mm-hmm. except for that one time when they did that little blur thing over the camera that was cool girl when the um when his nephew had got shot <laughs> yeah i said hold up so they, hold they did up. that little beep, 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 beep. That it was blurry like, so they they did like they hit they hid the seams uh because as we mentioned earlier they only had a hundred thousand dollars to shoot this thing so like they couldn't do no godfather type mm-hmm. <laughs> shooting mm-hmm. uh, so they used stuff like that to blur to hide it uh whenever somebody was getting their neck Cut oh open. They was just off. They was off screen, and they was which just so- even when they were shooting, it was just like paint. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Which I thought was so funny. Like they'd be like, pop, pop, pop. I don't see no bullet, no, no gun. Even when they no were lights. fighting, they really weren't even hitting each other. Even when they died, they'd be like, Ugh, oh, blood, blood, blood. blood. <laughs> it was a pause, and they just fall out. And I'm just like, honestly, I, I wouldn't want to just randomly hit the ground either. These new actors is too dedicated. Mm-hmm. I think that's the problem. They are too dedicated to the crowd. I don't want to get hurt. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to get hurt filming this fucking movie. I'm going to do a gentle light fall too. I don't know. How, you don't know how people get shot? Yeah, that's true. I ain't never been shot how before. Exactly. Shit. Talking to the director. I've never been shot. 
Have you? Okay, then. So then this is the right way to fall. That's what it had gave. I just think my favorite part about the movie is that the whole movie consisted of him and his bitches because he left the prison with Queen B, mm-hmm. his uh, his madam, and the madam and the bitches came to pick him up. And that motherfucker said, you know what? Get me out of these clothes. Walked out prison in a three-piece suit. Mm-hmm. Get me out of these dirty-ass clothes. Next thing you know, the bitches is just like, yeah. I mean, he had his nipples all out on camera. Yeah. That was too much for me. Why is your... Dolomite, put it away, please. I saw too much of him. I saw too much Rudy this movie. Too much Rudy. Yeah. Not the nippless. I guess even from there, like, he went on... I don't even know. They're in their little pimp house and Queenie's talking about... She was talking about another another lady that tried to get them out of their money. No, she was saying that... She was, she was like, you know, while you're away, I've been teaching the girls karate. And one of the the Johns who had came tried to steal, you know, the money from the girl because it was $100. Oh, then it cut to the like, Yeah. And it just, and it like, literally just cut as she's talking about yeah. it. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. So my thing flashbacks, you, you got to prep the flashbacks up yeah, a little bit. I yeah. Was <laughs> it was no look away, fade. It was a, uh, here we go. Like, and, and it was in the middle of her speech. So this John... Cut to the job. Right. And I'm like, I'm just like, huh? I didn't know. What I'm just going like, on. oh. I mean, you did. I feel like this one movie's kind of have to like, you have to be paying put attention. Put your context clues. Yeah. yeah. You, like, you can't be on t- I had to rewind it so many times. I was on TikTok to rewatch to the point. I was like, what? How did we get here? Because I was confused. Yeah. It was. It was a lot. Well, I was about to say, um, he, he was around the neighborhood alone at mm-hmm. some point. He was going by. Ralph's, which now that I'm in LA, I was like, oh wow, look, it's a, it's a Ralph's. <laughs> Not Ralph's. I didn't even peep the Ralph's. Yeah, they were in LA. Yeah. I knew they were in LA, but I didn't peep. Mm-hmm. They was talking about Fat Burger. I was like, oh, I go there. Give me a nice little, I need to go. little something. Mm-hmm. I, I think being new to the city, it was cool to see like they were, uh, were authentic to the city. Mm-hmm. Like, shout out to Black Sportation fans because they're always like super authentic to mm-hmm. where they take place at, you know. Most of them take place in Harlem. That's why I was surprised. I was like, oh, this is- To see it out here. I I will say that something about the film that I think Ian had brought up is that it's a very quotable film. Like a lot of the things that they say, we hear it in like rap rap songs. songs, Like, you know, like it's stuff that people repeat so often. And I just think that's so funny. And I don't think that he knew, well, maybe he didn't know, but the impact it would still have today in not just film, but even in music and plays and social media, I don't think that he had an idea of how much further it went with these lines. Yeah, and I, I feel like um, I don't know if this was where that whole thing about uh, so-and-so is my name and this, that, and the third is my game. I don't know if this is where it started, but you know when you watching something, you're like, this feels like it started here. It feels yeah. like it began here. So I'm like, this man changed the language? Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely. This quotable you, you hear it in a lot in uh, AAVE. This was just this was this was what it was. It was a black superhero. That cultural impact, like I said in my quote, it can't be denied. It can be even from just the karate he was doing. Like this man is like, I'm gonna bring some kung fu into this, and I was just like, Ugh, okay. And it, it was to the point where like he would do the karate, and the moves would be so slow. Mm-hmm. Like. Everybody, I mean, the lady kicking somebody would chop. <laughs> like, I didn't, this man could have swung on you by now. She, yeah, Dolomite, they done brought a gun out, hit him with the gun. He done kicked somebody in the back 15, 20 seconds later. Like, this reaction time is so slow. Yeah. Karate, though. It was just a lot of right. stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he liked him some kung fu list. He did. And even like, I think the women is the next big piece of this movie. Why did I see so many titties in this movie? I was not prepared for that. But I think it was because I wasn't realizing that he was a pimp. And so even when he was like having relations with these women, the touches were never like touching. And even when they yeah. would kiss, they weren't kissing. And it just made me more uncomfortable than I already To hear was. all that heavy breathing. Yeah. Like literally one of the things he was like, the girl said her name was Chicago. He was like, oh. He was like, what's your name? Shy. It's short for Chicago. Talking about some, I hope you ain't as cold as the Windy City. Because baby, I show the way I feel. I sure can't warm you up. Gross. 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 And it worked. Yeah. It worked on her. She was like, oh, yeah, though. I was like, girl. They was acting. Girl, acting down. I think um, the film very much is a product of its time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> with just just certain stuff that I know wouldn't be uh, acceptable if I made no. it here. Um, no. With the sex scenes, you know, it's funny. It's like the film the film studio me was jumping out. I'm like, they didn't have an intimacy coordinator, did they? <laughs> <laughs> they did not. But I don't actually though. I don't know because in not to, like go back in Eddie Murphy's movie though, there was somebody on set mm-hmm. with them to kind of make from what it like they look like everybody kind of feel more comfortable about it because he was just like we got to have a sex scene because you know sex sales right and he was not wrong he was like even for my comedy that I'm selling. People like when I talk the dirty jokes, we got to mm-hmm. have sex. And I think they had somebody there. I just don't think they had a name for them. Like It was like, make sure that she comfortable. But like it wasn't, you know, yeah. as common because people wasn't, you know, fucking, I don't know, as much as they are now on TV and film. Like it's more common. But back then it was like risque. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, it was. Uh, misogyny is a very big, I'm just going to come out and say it. <laughs> I'm just going to say it, guys. Gonna come out and say it. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, way the women were propped up in this film i didn't really appreciate that but then i also realized like i grew up in a different it's so interesting because with, with so much so many elements of this film there go dolomite right there let me, re- <laughs> let me rewind i was like oh what happened out there um it's so interesting because with so many elements of this film you do. I do have to realize, like, well, shit. It's fifty years in the future. Like, society has literally changed so much, leaps and bounds from the time that's out. Just to the premise of making it about a a pimp. I'm not sure how well that would go over this day and age. Let's say that. Not at all. I don't. I'm trying to follow the story, but I really don't even remember what else happened. Like, I remember, and I took notes, but even looking at the notes, it's just. He was just killing a lot of people, having a lot of sex, having a lot of fun. And then we end up at this last show. No. What about um, the hamburger, the hamburger crackhead man? I never really fully understood what the purpose of him was. Like he was there, but like, what did he do? I thought he was also a pimp, like a fallen pimp. Mm. That's what I had thought. He was like a homeless, like, cause you know, Dolomite man, I haven't seen you around. When you get out? Like, you know what's going on with you? And then I was like, oh, I got out yesterday, which is like, like you said, how are you causing all this havoc you just got in a day? Jail. What? He got out of jail on the premise. He was supposed to be finding the people who framed him, like finding the people because they were like, we locked you up because we said you was one dealing drugs and stealing. We put you in here for however long he was in there and drugs have gotten worse. The black gangs, I'm a literal quote from the movie, has escalated. 
everything has just gotten worse. We're going to let you out and see if you, the strong black pimp, can figure out what's going on. So they put Dollar Mine on the streets. He meet up on his homies. And I and I thought it was like, you know, he's a fallen pimp, but he still got his ear to the ground. Like on some, man, you know what's going on? He was like, man, what what, what you mean? Look, I'm, look at me. My hose is gone. I'm homeless. What's going on with you? And I think that was his point, just to be like, get some intel on what's been going on around town. But he used to be a pimp. Yeah, I think Jahan said I, he knew what was going on. So <laughs> I think my, my, my main thing was he, he, he was like, yeah, so um, get out of prison, find the people. Uh, a, a certain element of it what just wasn't. I don't want to be a, a realistic whore, <laughs> you know, one of the people, this wasn't realistic or none of that. But I was like, so just because the drugs got worse when he went to jail, don't be he wasn't dealing. Right. <laughs> like, still that be, is true. He could have still been dealing that shit. But then he um got out and then he went out into the world. Um, The thing happened with the with the heroin addict. I'm with you, by the way. I, I'm not. I wasn't quite sure what it had to add to anything. But- and the only reason, <laughs> the only thing I didn't understand about the movie is for why was everybody trying to frame Dolomite? Like, mm-hmm. what did Dolomite do for everybody to be on his bad side? Make like he pissed everybody off. Like, and I think the thing that I thought was really funny is one of the cops was just like, you know, you you think you better me? You got these bitches. You know, you got this money. He said you got those black bitches. He said, he said I got white bitches too. I said, I said, oh. <laughs> Those are my enemy, like uh what's the blue nice quote? I was like, Man, Look, what did that nigga do to make them yes. that mad? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like that is the question. What did he do? Because for them to frame him with that much coke. Yeah. That was a, a and they tried to do it twice. Mm-hmm. The first time when he got sent to sent to prison and the second time his first day out mm-hmm. and they pulled up on him and it was like, Hey, what's up with you? You got this fucking coke. Um, you know, you got this key. So that ain't my coke. Yes, it is. And then, and then they, and then they did the coke in front of yeah. him. Oh, this is that great A shit. What? Yeah, that was really I random. Was they crazy. did the coke. He started the day out, walked out the door, and they were already choosing violence yes. Ready? Yes. Like he got out, and they was like, "Oh, there, there he go, Dolomite side. We can't let him get out." Now that I think about it, I think maybe the point was when those things are like, if he, because we framed him for all this drugs and everything like that, because it depended on somebody. If he gets out, then they're gonna find out it was us. So we got to get him back to prison because they kept trying to frame him. Like you know, we can't get caught to the point where they had even pulled up to Blackie House. And they was like, we're going to put you in that pool. He goes, well, I can't swim. Why the fuck you got a pool at your house? Yeah. And he was like, oh, you're going to make it look like an overdose. So then they got the heroin needle to stick it to his arms. So he could go in the pool and die. And that's when Blackie was just like, after that happened, you know, he ended up whooping the white people behind. He was just like, damn, Dolomite is innocent. Now I got to help my homie Dolomite. That's when we get into, you know, Dolomite and his bitches again. We get back to his yeah. bitches because he was in love with his main hoes. He was in love with it, one of the ladies. And I was like, this is ghetto. How you in love with one of your bitches? That ain't him. That was a strong word. I think he had an affinity for this lady. Yeah. That too. You're right. Well, that was the one that was like, Dolomite, ain't no other man had me like you had me. I was like, like fucking what? disgusted, Ex- bitch. Like, Excuse- he wasn't doing nothing. He, he was laying there. Yes, he, he was like, Willie really Green be doing you like this? No. <laughs> like, really Green? Why are you bringing up another man when we right here? 
I'm right here with you. Girl, you it was Keto. And she kind of said the same thing. Like, it don't matter if he was. Right. <laughs> we together. It's odd. <sighs> yeah, it was weird. Uh, you, know, like, uh, you know what really um, got me was he went to prison got framed for a murder or something like that because they came in they shot the heroin guy i was mm-hmm. like nah they shot my man that's crazy mm-hmm. and then he killed them and so the police came in 10 seconds flat i mean the police ain't never come that fast before never. Not in no black neighborhood across the country. <laughs> Please they was up. looking for Dolomite. Listen, and then they came and they said, we got you on murder. So then he pulled, a, they, they took him to prison. Dude came in, talked to him a little bit. They said, are right, you free to go? Like, damn, just like that. <laughs> yeah. No uh, yeah. paperwork. <laughs> like and that. mind you, I feel like if I was an officer, I, I would have been like, well, he, he literally just got out. The thing was, he was not even out for real. He was kind of out on a probationary purpose because they were like, if you don't find out who really did this, your ass is coming back to jail. And instead of Dolomite doing some real investigative work, really getting out in the streets, doing that do, he's too busy messing with his bitches. But also people was trying to stop him at every chance they got. So it's kind of like, damn, Dolomite. It's like, you know, people trying to stop you, but you laid up in bed with Dolomite girl number one. Mm-hmm. For me, it was Come like- on now. He not paying attention to y'all. Y'all finna make him pay attention to y'all. Y'all keep Look. fucking. Y'all keep fucking with Dolomite here. Yeah, Dolomite. Yeah, because even the last little like fight sequence thing at the show when that was Willie Green who tried to come after him, but it was weird because he was yeah. like, "I really don't give a fuck about you, Willie anymore." And Willie was like, "I can't believe this. We got to kill." No, Dolomite. because Willie had a deal with the Willie had made a deal. If I'm not mistaken, with the the people who was trying to get him back to the mm-hmm. jail. Yeah, he did. And so he was like, "Okay, I can get money from Dolomite and y'all." Yeah. Okay. And I think when Dolomite was kind of like, you know, no, fuck you, Willie Green, right? You know what <laughs> I mean? He was like, well, "Fuck me. What you say, fuck me for?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and then Willie Green was just like very much so I got something for you yeah and nobody was just like you ain't got shit for me they had that whole mm. thing Willie Green dead everybody dead the police officer no, no Willie Green shuffled him out dead. he gave him that Mortal Kombat ass death I yeah. was like ooh yeah. yes <laughs> I, I did enjoy I the like, karate I'm not gonna hold you what's that it was just so funny because it was so slow. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And then yeah, the movie like, kind of just ended. Yeah, because <laughs> he ended up uh, almost getting sent back to jail. They were like, we got you now. Mm-hmm. And then Blackie was just like, hold up, hold up. I know what you did. I know what you did because you tried to get me killed. And Dolomite was like, see, see. And then all of a sudden, next thing we know, they walking out and Dolomite has a fur in his hand. When we, we, started, we were going to get back to who framed him, like really get to the bottom of it. And it just stops mm-hmm. and we roll the credits. Because the movie was fairly short. It was only an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. It was a very short movie. Which, I mean, well. That's you know, an average, average movie. But it was, it was kind of short. But for, for back what in the day, was that was kind of short. I think the person, I thought anyway, the person who framed him was the big white guy who had like one scene. Grand opening, grand close. But also, it must be said, there was a sequel. There's another Dolomite movie. There is. Oh, it's like really? Dolomite Bigger and Badder or something like that. Yeah, there was another. So I feel like we find out in the second movie. What happened? Get to the bottom of kind of what was going on. Listen, you yeah. have this first one. I don't know if you're going to get me for the second one. I'm sorry, baby. Y'all not going to watch the second Dolomite? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
what a wonderful film. We're going to share our hot takes. Jahan, I feel like you should go first. Give us your hot takes for Dolomite. Hot takes. Hot takes about Dolomite. Um, I feel like my first hot take is to highlight that it's, like I said, a relic of its time. And part of its popularity comes from the problematicness of said time. As most things uh, do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a relic of its time. Um, its popularity comes from being a relic of its time. And Rudy Ray had a cool idea. Uh, he just needed somebody else to execute it and mm. direct it. His director let him down. <laughs> His director let him down. Yikes. Durable. <laughs> Durable. I think um, a point that you guys made earlier where it's like back in the day, uh, you didn't have access to the uh, screenwriting classes and screenwriting training as readily as you have it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you really had to get somebody that knew they shit. Yeah. Um, which if he didn't know, then it's like, well, damn, because what, what, what you going to do now? Not just not write it. So like, yeah, fair point. But yeah. So because yeah. he did um, side fun fact, he did use those UCLA students like that was real. Like that was in the Eddie Murphy movie. But he really did use like film students to help him. So he wouldn't have to like Put pay them as now. much. He couldn't get one of them to write. That's well, he was, he, just, he was just using them to help because that was his idea. But he just knew he needed like the manpower to help with the, the mm-hmm. crew aspect of it. So that's interesting. Oh, it is filmed in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I keep like I know it takes place in Los Angeles, but I keep, I'm so surprised to actually filmed here. So you know, use what mm-hmm. you got, Courtney. Your hot takes. I don't know. I I personally really enjoyed Dolomite. I thought it was funny for what it was. I'm all here for, um, you know, I mean, like we were saying, it probably might not be taking the best, but I love a good pimp okay. movie. Like I love a pimp. I think it's really interesting, um, especially when it's done like this, because I feel like it was all joke. It was such an unseriousness about it that it was like, I can't help but love this because if he ever tried to be like, this is a real, like a real, no, I think he was serious real. though, but it was a comedy. Like he said himself, it's a comedy because he went from doing but it was a comedy serious show. comedy. Like this was a serious project that he made. This was not a joke project. Yeah. No, I'm not saying the project was joke. I'm saying like the movie itself, the comedy of it, like the unseriousness of like the jokes they did. But I guess like, that's the way the he wrote I'm it saying. was like a, I genuinely do not think that he thought it was like, he was being for real when he wrote it. Yes. Like, this was, like, a real passion project of his. No, I know it's a passion project, but I thought it was, like, supposed to be a comedy as well because no, he it described was, it as a comedy. He it was, was a comedy film because he had just got off. movie. That's what it, that's what it was. Because I remember when I was, like, looking it up, he was like, I wanted to have karate, but he was a comedian. Like, that is how he made his money. That's how he got his name, Dolomite, because he was a comedian. I, and then he goes, I genuinely I want to break into entertainment. Was, I don't think that he was wanting people to laugh at him. I think he wanted people to laugh with him. I think he was playing it and straight. I wasn't, yeah, and I wasn't laughing at him. I was laughing with him. I thought it was a hilariously great karate film with the pimps because you know pimping is hard i think of it back to like with because um, you would know so much the boondocks pimping the boondocks you know the dave y'all know, y'all know, y'all, <laughs> yes y'all know y'all know with the boondocks and it's the pimp and that's what I, I took it as it was like this is hilarious even if he meant to be serious it was unseriousness around it that i was like i absolutely love this and i understand exactly where he was coming from like i just feel like i get it i get it because if i put out a comedy film 
I don't, I don't care. I want people to laugh. I want you to have a good time. I want you to come to the theaters and just enjoy yourself. And these are things that I make jokes about and that I can laugh about within my community. And I think that's what the point he did. I think he did it well. I think he made a great comedy kung fu project. And I and I salute him for that. With a $100,000 budget, I think he put his foot in this. And it was a great pick project. It should have got nominated for something. Period. Because, oh, I mean, the shit that was coming out during that time period, come on. Be fucking for real right now. Like, what was coming out during that time that was so iconic? The Godfather. Damn. Damn. You got me. It was... It was the the slight pause. Everybody's like, yeah, actually, that was the same year Jaws came out. But you Ooh. know, but Jaws wasn't good. It wasn't. Oh, Jaws wasn't. Jaws I mean, it was, was good, good, but it wasn't like it wasn't as good as you made it out to be. It was it, as like good as Soul Surfer. It is cited as Hollywood's first blockbuster. I understand that, but a That's lot of times they're wrong. But yeah, like I get, I get what they're saying, but they're wrong. It wasn't that good of a movie. Oh, it I've never watched. Not. You've never watched never Jaws. Watched no. <laughs> How are you in film school right now? I'm sorry. You should watch Jaws. Let us know what you think. We'll circle back to this because wait, 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 it was wait. Not a good movie. I, I, did you not have to watch movies, certain movies, to get into film school? Not mainstream popular movies. Hmm. They care about it. I feel like they should have made you do a checklist or something. You know. No, nah, Jaws wouldn't have been on the checklist. It's huh. like Ingmar Bergman, uh, who else? Um, the other guy, uh, Tark- Tarkovsky. Uh, Fellini. I watch all of those movies, but like Jaws mm, never. The black and white Jaws. Anything Steven Spielberg is like mainstream, mainstream. Mm. We don't talk about Steven Spielberg films here, even though oh. he has a building. Thank you, Steven Spielberg. Not <laughs> sure I don't speak of him. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. He's well, interesting. But I do agree about the fact that because I, I think the reason, so I, I'll say the movie isn't good, but. From mm. my perspective, you just have to keep in mind, and that's one thing I had to keep telling myself too. I was like, these people probably never did a film before. Yeah. And when you look at it from that vantage point, it's like, well, I guess it's actually not that bad. I ne- never even worked on a short film before. Right. Like, this is their first moray to set the, the the act of filmmaking. I'm like, eh, I guess it's not terrible. It could be worse. It could have been worse. It could have been worse to come out. Yeah. Could have been way worse. I think I just enjoyed it. You know, like some movies, oh God, this is going to sound really bad because I just gave it its praises, but this is still a praise. I, you know, some movies are just so awful that you love it. That's what this was for me. I loved it because, because of how poorly done it was. Because I'm telling you right now, if this had good acting, (laughs) good action sequences, and everything else, I'm like, this is some bullshit. But because it was so poorly done, and I just know, <laughs> I was like, oh. I was like, I'm really fucking with it. I was like, I'm fucking with this. I am. Excuse my French, Lord. Watch too much movie. I'm messing yeah, with it. You, know? you got to get that from the movie. Uh, I wouldn't have taken it that far. I, I rocked with it. Okay, it was great. Um, well, my hot take is that you know, going off of kind of kind of more, more what Jahan was saying was was iconic. You kind of had to have That's Dolomite. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Both of you all agree, John. <laughs> you had to have Dolomite to have any of the other stuff that we have now. Like even Eddie Murphy movies, I feel like wouldn't be what they are without a Dolomite type of person that was allowing mm-hmm. Black people in these spaces where they just weren't. And I did read that Snoop Dogg actually accredited Dolomite to his success. 
He was like, if there was no Dolomite, there wouldn't be a Snoop Dogg. And I thought that was rather interesting because of his like, you know, he did those records and stuff of his comedy shows and his rhyming because most of his rhyme, most of his jokes were really just rhymes. So rhymes, raps and, you know. But even when he had his little, his rhyme snippet in the movie, I was like, this is a long ass story. Say the joke. Yeah. He was going on and on and on. But I mean, I think, uh, You know what I think is so interesting about Dolomite? I don't even know if I would say they intentionally or unintentionally did this or whatever. But it's that, and I've been reading a lot of James Baldwin, so sorry if that comes Mm. out. (laughs) Thanks for the precursor. (laughs) It's this this idea of telling uh, truth, Mm -hmm. like, like taking a look at the world. One of the reasons I mess with James Baldwin so much is he's able to take a look at the world as it is, not as one side wants to view and not as the other side wants to view, but taking a look and being honest, being authentic and telling me the truth. Now, I know we just talked about the misogyny and all the, and the way the women are propped up in the film, but the, that's how in certain environments at that time that and still today, honestly, sadly. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's depressing. It's been 50 years. Yeah. It's been 50 years, but that's how life can be. Like, that's mm-hmm. one aspect. I was just having this conversation the other day with a friend of mine about if art is about truth and art is about telling the truth and being authentic, why should only one area of blackness be highlighted? Why not? Why not holistically? You know, that's what's interesting to me. I feel like uh, not even just Dolomite, black exploitation eras really stem that idea. Um, paving the way i just saw i just went to a screening on friday with john singleton's mother and they were screening movies in the hood and i'm like well shit if it's no black exploitation then a film about the truth of that reality like boys in the hood probably wouldn't have been possible mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have yeah no yeah because he was definitely looking at how much money films like shaft dolomite mm-hmm. coffee how they was made for nothing and they made so much money. Like the man of Columbia was definitely looking at that when he yeah, was. Because Dolomite went on to make a budget $100,000 and they went on to make $10 million. It's and all, yeah, because black people needed to see themselves international in theaters. Domestic, domestic box offices. And we show so up for stuff it. that we are in. And I feel like mm-hmm. no, they don't. I'm saying they as the man. The man doesn't see that they the don't black dollar. We spend money. Like, it's sad, but it's true. Like, we will spend our money. And we spend our money on things that we can see ourselves in. And then, like, because today, even in the present day, I would say that Black people don't particularly have enough. Like, we have so much more. Mm-hmm. But imagine 1975. Right. Like, you wouldn't see yourself in and anything. At least not in the way that we're used to. You see us as, as like, slaves, you know, domestic Like, maids. And- you know, things like that. We don't see it as like, at least it's gotten a lot better. We've definitely moved that needle, mm-hmm. but we just have not moved it in a way that- We have more to go. Yeah, we have a lot more to go because I want to see a movie like This Is 40 but make it black. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to see us live in our day-to-day, like mundane- the black mediocrity. Lives. Like, we have like, normal because, lives as well. Yeah, we don't have, I don't think, any movies like that for real. And I'm, I mean, we don't have any- there are indie movies like that. Mm-hmm, but like not mainstream, like box office movies. Slice yeah. of Life is what you are thinking of, I think. A Slice of Life movie. Yeah, yeah like mainstream, big budget. you know, big box movies like that. And I think that they don't think that we would go see it, but it's like, realistically, I love This Is 40. You don't think I would go see that if it was black people? 
how much funnier it would be. But yeah, I, I mean, it's just yeah. one of those things that even if this movie wasn't something I thought was amazing, it's, it's still important to see like where we came from. And that's why anyone who's listening, if you're in L.A., by the time this comes out, I think, yeah, because I think they just opened that exhibit. If you have the chance, you should definitely go to see the Regeneration exhibit at the Academy Museum. It's right next to the La Brea Tar Pits, but I want to say like the Beverly Center. I would go because- I got Google Maps. Yeah, they do have Google Maps. Thank you. It's, I, I think it was a really great thing to see. Like, even though we as Black people aren't highlighted in the best light, we know how to do it, do something with what we have. And I think that that's very beautiful. You talking about the regeneration exhibit? Because mm-hmm. it was just about black cinema from like the start till nineteen seventy three. I think. The start of they do Oscar Michelle. Did they? Oscar Michelle. I'm trying to think. The Godfather of black cinema. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think he was there. I'd have to go back through my pictures. Listen, you let them tell it. I actually, uh, side note, this not even. You know, but I had a professor who asked me, he's like, so when did HBCU start after World War II, right? I was like, Lord. World War II? <laughs> World War II. Lord. <laughs> after World I was like, you out, you off about 80 years. So <laughs> that's why I say with this exhibit, they liable to say, oh, yeah, black cinema. Started with the black exploitation era or something No, they like started that. with the, um, I hope I don't get sued. They started with that. <laughs> The first kiss video of that movie, and it was like a uh, in the little yeah the little black black couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what okay. they started with. So yeah, okay, they started pretty early there. Yeah, I give them they prop. So let I us all give our <laughs> our ratings on letterbox scale one of one through five, and you can also say if you're gonna do a double take, you can just make it short and sweet. So yeah, Courtney, double take and your rating. I probably would not watch it again, but I'm happy that I did watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of one through five, I probably give it like a two. Mm. But you know, for what it is, yeah. I would give it a two. But okay, John. I did enjoy it. Double take. That's if I would watch it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> not if I was tied up, uh, starved for forty days, and I had to watch it for food. Oh, this is aggressive. I would not watch it, but I will qualify that uh, with saying sometimes the film is more than just the film, you know? So, like, if you ask me, the film itself is the bane of my existence. Uh, It was actually pretty painful to watch. I'll give it. (laughs) (laughs) But what it meant culturally Mm -hmm. outweighs what it means to you. To me, yes. To me personally, what it means culturally brings it up so much. It's just giving black people that superhero. Even if their superhero is a pimp and there's all types of problematicness. And if Dr. Black is listening, I know he'll have a, a field day, Dr. Black at CAU. <laughs> but I will give them two stars. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think my sentiments are pretty similar. I am glad that I watched it for the cultural relevance. I don't think I will watch this again. Not on like my own, you know, free will, but I don't have to be tied up. Okay. I would, I would give it a two and a half for the culture. Personally, it's like a one and a half, but a two and a half for what it means. Oh, mm. trust me. <laughs> For me personally, it was at nice zero. Oh, but the culture, <laughs> the culture gave it its nice two stars. Okay, yeah. Well, 
I would say this was probably like a, a hood cult classic in a way. I would think that. But then it was also like a like a just a classic film because of it kind of falls into all the categories, honestly, because of what it is. Mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say definitely classic film uh, just because of what it has meant to black cinema and the progression of black cinema. Like, you know, you talk yeah. about the black exploitation era, you're going to bring up Dolomite. And if there's no black exploitation era, once again, I'll go through the ladder. There's no Melvin Van Peebles. There's no black exploitation era. There's no Spike Lee. If there's no Spike Lee, there's no uh, John Singleton. Without Spike Lee and John Singleton, there's no Barry Jenkins. And without any of them, there's no me. So, you know. Yeah. I think that wraps up our episode today. Jahan, Courtney, and I would just like to thank you, our CAU brethren. Right. For joining yes, us. for coming on to our show. For Thank y'all so us. much for having me. Yes. It's such a blast. I love to talk shit. <laughs> wow. We was not talking shit we were not to Mr. Rudaway Moore and his estate. We was not talking shit. <laughs> oh, my God. It's really, I hope his estate his doesn't estate, hear this. Wait, is he is alive? Is he around? I don't know. No, he died in 2008. Oh. Oh, R.I.P. Rudy. But to his estate, we was not talking shit. I loved it. And his people. I loved it. You know, that's not what we do. Oh, yeah. His estate listener. Oh, yeah. I love it. It was five out of five. Amazing. We love you. Yeah. We love you, Rudy. <laughs> But yes, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank you, Jahan, for coming. You can follow him on Instagram at Jahan Patterson to follow his cinematic journey as he goes through graduate school and be on the lookout for anything that he has. We'll make sure to tag him if he posts anything that he does so that you guys can see as well. Thank you. And that has been Kind of Sort of Cinephiles. Bye. Bye.